I've been planting. I've been planting begonias, pansies, petunias, dianthus, uh, you name it. I'm tired. I'm too old for this anymore. Up and down, the bending over, the digging here, reaching over there. I get wiped out easily and quickly. I told my wife I'm only going to plant perennials from now on. So I planted some perennial salvia, a butterfly bush, a lilac, some columbine. And I still get wiped out quickly. But I don't have to plant them next year. I've found over the past three, four years, things that I used to do so easily, it just doesn't happen anymore. I saw on Facebook, somebody said, if I drop something on the floor, I debate whether it's worth getting down there or not. And another one was, if I'm going to go down there and see, I'll see if there's anything else I can do while I'm there. And the third one was, you know, I plant snacks underneath, like my end tables and the coffee table. So if I end up down on the floor, at least I'll have something to eat. And then I read in the Bible. Moses was 80 years old, Aaron 83 when they spoke to Pharaoh. And Moses was 120 years old when he died, yet his eyes were not weak, nor his strength gone. You know, God doesn't make them like he used to. But wait. Demetrion Jordanus ran a full marathon at 98 years old in 7 hours and 33 minutes. And Betty Jean McHugh ran a full marathon at 88 years old in 6 hours and 32 minutes. If I ran for 6 hours and 32 minutes, at the end of that mile... You'd have to pick me up. Okay, I don't know. I guess it's just me. But I try to keep going at my pace and not at the pace of somebody else. Let's pray. Father, I just give you thanks for this time of year. Lord, as schools are getting done, colleges have had graduations and a lot of high schools as well. And... Teachers are uh, celebrating as much as the kids at the end of the school year. And Lord, I just um, look forward to summer vacations and uh, getting visits from friends and family and uh, going and visiting friends and family. Lord, I just uh, give you thanks. We have the freedom to be able to do that. We can go where we want and not um, be concerned about that, just concerned about the price of gas. But, Lord, just be with us and keep us safe in our travels. And, Lord, help us to use wisdom in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, most everyone I know is what I consider fairly well off. You know, I don't mean that they live in million-dollar homes and they drive six-figure cars and wear designer clothes and have huge bank accounts and have a vacation home someplace and eat Wagyu steaks a couple times a week. I mean people that have ample shelter, they have dependable transportation, they have enough food to eat, you know, they have decent clothes to wear, maybe have some money put away and they're able to enjoy what they do have. 
Now, that may not include all those that listen to my podcasts, but most people I know personally. So God has been so very, very good. His blessings never cease. So our praises should never cease. I know I've probably said this in the past, but while I was serving with churches in the United Methodist Church, we always lived in a parsonage or had a housing allowance. And as I was getting older, I was thinking, you know, what's going to happen after I retire? But you know what? God has provided. In the last six years, we have bought and or sold five houses, five forever homes. And God saw to it that we, you know, made a profit helping us to purchase the next one. I don't mean that we're among the the rich. Our home is modest. When we drive outside of the Oklahoma City area in Edmond, there's a lot of multi-million dollar homes, huge, to me, mansions. So where am I going with this? The Lord has blessed us greatly. Because of this, we are able to be more of a blessing to others. I'm not bragging, but, you know, we give our tithe to the church. We support some different ministries of the church. Uh, we send support to uh, two Christian radio stations, uh, a missionary family that uh, goes to China. Uh, we support a 13-year-old girl in Kenya and work with Operation Christmas Child. Why? Well, because we can because the Lord has blessed us to be able to do that. The Lord hasn't blessed us so we can buy a bigger and better house or a fancier car or anything else for ourselves. He's blessed us so we can be a blessing to others. And he's blessed you for the same reason. There's a fictitious Christmas song that I want to share some of the words. The Little Drummer Boy. Okay, the first verse, it says, Our finest, finest gifts we bring to lay before the king. And then the drummer boy has his part. says, I have no gift to bring that's fit to give the king. Well, we all know what the drummer boy did. He pum-pummed. Now, no one, no one, no one has a gift that is fit to give to that king. So we do like the little drummer boy. We give the best that we have. He used his talent to bless the Lord. What can I give? What can we give? Let's read about one lady that gave the best that she had in Mark chapter 12, uh, beginning of verse 41. It says, Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put, and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, this poor widow is put more into the treasury than all the others. They gave out of their wealth, 
But she, she gave out of her poverty, put in everything, all that she had to live on. Now, what the woman gave was the smallest valued coin at that time. For us here in the U.S., it would be two pennies, two cents. Um, most people wouldn't bend over to pick up two pennies. But those two pennies were worth everything to this widow. Now, the other day, I was in Ace Hardware store, and I'm standing there waiting to check out. And I don't know why, but when you go to Lowe's or Acer and places like that, they have candy there. I guess for people that come in and are working on a project and they think, oh, I could use one of those. But I couldn't. But the price of a regular size candy bar, I don't know, was it like one and a quarter ounces, something like that, was $2.09. I remember working in a small convenience store, yeah, probably about 50 years ago, and you'd pay 10 cents for that candy bar. 10 cents. It's now almost $2 more. And they actually sold in the store that I worked penny candy. I mean, you could get something for a penny. Well, does God expect me to give all that I have to live on? I don't believe so. But if he did, he would still meet all of my needs. God expects me to give out of my wealth. When I do, he will bless me, just like he has been doing. The best I have to give may not be the same as the best that you have to give. Okay, the little drummer boy, he gave his best. Okay, we, we see pictures of him, you know, with his little snare drum and, you know, his clothes are dirty and torn and, you know, his hair looks like he hasn't been combed in a month. You know, but he gave the best that he had. Now, somebody may have come along after him and you know, had a five-piece string quartet and played beautifully. Somebody sang beautifully with them and gave the best that they had. So would that person's best have been better than the drummer boy's best? Hmm, I don't think so. If you give the best you have, God wants nothing more and expects nothing more. Another widow may have come in living less than the one in Mark 12 and gave more. Would Jesus then have dismissed the widow's giving if this second widow gave her only penny, not two pennies, but she gave just one penny? I don't think so. Okay, he would have seen both of us as a blessing. Because Jesus does not compare our giving to the giving of someone else. Okay, He compares my giving to me. He compares your giving to you. In other words, he knows what I can give. He knows what you can give. And he knows what I do give and the way I give it. 
you know, it's not, oh, man, I guess I got to write a check to the church again. Oh, boy, it seems like every week, you know, another check, another $100 or $5 or whatever it is. Well, that takes us to another scripture. This is from The Message. Second Corinthians 9, verses 6 and 7. It says, remember, a stingy planter gets a stingy crop, and a lavish planter gets a lavish crop. I want each of you to take plenty of time to think it over and make up your own mind what you will give. That will protect you against sob stories and arm twistings. God loves it when the giver delights in the giving. Or, as many other translations say, excuse me, God loves the cheerful giver. Well, how do we accomplish this? Well, Paul goes on to explain this in verses 8 through 11. It says, And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. The righteousness endures forever. Now, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion, and through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Like I said before, God blesses us so we can be a blessing to someone else. It's really just pretty simple, even if it doesn't make sense to the world. But as believers, we don't live by the world's standards. When we were in Jamaica on short-term mission trips, every church that I went to, to speak in, the pastor of that church had another job. Okay, and this church was just something that he did part-time, was there Sunday mornings and, you know, was there to meet people and, you know, greet people and go and pray with folks. But all these churches, they were full, but the people weren't able to give enough to support a full-time pastor. Now, maybe in Montego Bay or in Kingston, uh, that was different. Okay, we didn't go to those churches. We went to these churches out in the middle of nowhere, some places up in the mountains. But the people were blessed to give what they could give. They knew it was a little, but the Lord could use it in big ways. Now, none of the pastors complained about having to hold down a second job. I'm sure they went without things that they would have liked, but they believed what Philippians 4.18 says, and my God will meet all your needs according to his riches, according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. 
I remember being at this one church. We were there in like three or four nights. And, you know, the people, you know, we got to know each other during that time. And the pastor was there with his family every night. And the last night we were there, they wanted to bless me with a gift. And so they gave me this small wooden salt and pepper holder that, you know, maybe cost three, four dollars for me in American money. But they were so proud to give this to me. And I still got it. I want to look at another example of giving the best that someone had. John chapter 6. Jesus had been speaking to a large crowd of people people that had seen and heard of others being healed. And then John tells us this in verses 5 through 9. It says, When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, Where should we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. Philip answered him, It would take half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. There's a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish, but how far will that go among so many? Well, you know the rest of the story. Jesus took those five loaves and two fish and fed 5,000 men and women and children, so probably at least 15,000 people. In verse 6, John tells us, Jesus knew what he was going to do, and he was testing Philip and the others. I can see Jesus pulling John aside and say, Hey, John, watch this, will you? Hey, Philip, where are we going to get the food for these people? Philip and Andrew Yeah, they fell for it. Now, this little boy, he came prepared. He had five rolls and a couple of sardines. Not my lunch of choice, but considering where they lived, that was probably a normal fare. Can you imagine when this boy returned home? Mom, you won't believe what happened to my lunch. Well, Jesus took enough to satisfy a boy and fed many thousands. And that's not all. In John 6, verses 12 and 13, it says, When they all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, Gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled twelve baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who would eat. Now, Jesus didn't just give these people enough to kind of hold them over. Okay, in verse 12, it says, when they all had had enough to eat. To me, that means, you know, they had a meal. They feasted. But then note something. It says there were 12 baskets of leftovers that were picked up. Twelve disciples. Hmm. 
Now, we're not talking about bushel baskets or large baskets, but probably baskets that disciples and others would carry with them. Kind of like a fanny pack, I guess. But just carry some of the essentials that they needed. One thing we need to remember, we receive by giving. Is our salvation based on what we give? <laughs> no. Praise the Lord for that. Even though I think we give generously, we could give more. Do we get a larger and better mansion in heaven? I don't think so. We will get much more than what we deserve, though. In John 14, 2, it says, My Father has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I go there, prepare a place for you? The King James transla translates that as many rooms as mansions. Now, the Greek is monet, which means a residence, or an abode, or a mansion. So, when your room, your mansion is ready, Jesus himself, he's going to let you know. I know I often have to remind myself why I have all I do. It's not because of my skills, certainly not because of my intelligence or my good decisions, only because of the Lord. He has chosen to bless us in the ways that he has. <coughs> Excuse me. Listen to Jesus' brother in James 1, 16 and 17. He says, Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like the shifting shadows. He sees our needs. He provides. Let me share the words of a song with you. It says, Jehovah Jireh, my provider, his grace is sufficient for me, for me, for me. Jehovah Jireh, my provider, his grace is sufficient for me. My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. He will give his angels charge over me. Jehovah Jireh cares for me, for me, for me. Jehovah Jireh cares for me. Let's pray. Father, I just give you thanks for my brothers and sisters that, that know this. I didn't tell them anything new, scriptures that they're familiar with, and things that they know as believers that they should be doing. But Lord, help us to follow your rules, to follow your suggestions, to follow your laws, and not the world's. The world tells us to hold on to everything we can, and you tell us to give it away. And there's no reason why we shouldn't give it away, because it's all yours to begin with. So, Father, I just pray that um, my brothers and sisters will maybe go a little bit deeper, dig a little bit deeper, and give a little bit more. And when they do, they'll find out that they're being blessed even more. And, Father, I lift up anyone that may be listening that doesn't know you, doesn't have a relationship with you. And Father, they uh, maybe don't know why they even listened. But Lord, I hope that you spoke to their hearts, 
that they realize now that, that they need you in their life, that you can make a difference in their life that no one else or nothing else can. And so, Father, help them to come to you and to surrender themselves to you in this way. Let them pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I know I'm a sinner. I know I need a Savior. Thank you for forgiving my sins. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for taking me just like I am and making me better. Father, again, forgive me and let your Holy Spirit live inside of me and guide me and direct me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.